0: Good evening everyone. It's 2 a.m. in West Lafayette, Indiana. i have plan to upload this uh, podcast but don't expect this to be uh, the um, uniquely focused on like events but we'll see where we can go with this because throughout this uh, Time frame, and particularly the last uh, couple of years, um, I've really dwelt on the idea that uh, that we're definitely at a war. Uh, some call it a fifth-generation war, where it's kind of it's not like about casualties and battlefields and. Uh, clear clear enemies, it's about, you know, the war amongst us, um, people that we can't see, that are <laughs> by communications, um, by surveillance, uh, through economic transactions, through the corporate world, through the media, um, and by your government, most importantly. In governments, as in world governments, you're being uh, you're being attacked from all sides. Uh, many people don't necessarily feel this way. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't, but uh, maybe it's you know their life's still comfortable. Um, they don't notice their freedoms eroding away, or rather, they're not being attacked. Um, they see other people's freedoms eroding away, but they uh, justify that based upon their political affiliations and whether they consider them ideologues or hard uh, extremists of some sort, um, ignoring that probably most of them are very little or very different, not very different from them. They're still flawed, of course but most people don't like to look at their own flaws very hard because if they had to look at their own flaws, they would have to admit that they too are sinners or, or certainly uh, not saints. And um, depending upon their belief in the, the good Lord or Mohammed or Buddha or any of the other religions of the world, not dismissing them I just don't know them all and I'm not gonna pretend to be a religious scholar cuz I'm not (laughs) I never have been I've read the Bible I haven't I can't say I've read the whole thing I grew up Catholic I grew up you know going to mass Uh, this was after I left Tennessee with my mom That was a very hard, hard uh, beginning to my uh, learning about Catholicism. My dad hated Catholicism, and pretty much he hated my mom because of that. At least that was one thing he really hated her, enough that he made sure she uh, knew that in ways that uh, we won't get into this, this podcast, because, you know, You know what i'm getting i'm getting at so with that being said we spent a lot of years prior to me uh going to uh church and uh then learning about uh you know the gospels matthew mark luke and john uh reading the new testament mainly Um, we all hear about genesis and we've all heard about revelations and this is a spiritual conflict that we're involved in there are people who are godless we know they're godless uh, because they monkey with they are scientists or people who are quite highly placed to see this as a time for them they are the new gods they have the power they can access billions of dollars, trillions of dollars. They can uh, socially engineer people to do their bidding for them. In fact that's what they're doing all the time now. and uh, they've uh, gathered enough big data. Remember when that term was a big deal? Uh, we're going to use big data to solve our problems. and of course there are many people that have using big data. And I they think they're very, very slick and many of them think because they can make a nice, nice little graph or analysis and it tells them so much and it's got pretty colors, identifies what people do, what they won't do, how they do it, that kind of thing, you know. And don't get me wrong, data is very important. I mean, before I get deeper into what I'm going to with this, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I've gathered lots of data. I'm sure many people have had projects where, you know, you've gathered a hundred or say a million or two million records, uh, you know, by, you know, 20 or 30 fields across, dumped in them in a database. Then massage the data, get it into some good working order and create an analysis and, you know, divvied it up accordingly and learn something about product or learn something about uh, shipments or logistics or however, whatever the case may be. Depends upon what kind of data set you were looking at. So, yeah, it's not. Many people have done this. Many people deal with like SAP or deal with a, uh, a homegrown uh, system of some sort tied to a big corporation where data analysis is very important. But now they're using this data, the data sets they're using, are us. You're, every individual on this planet creates data. You know, not it could be demographic data, it could be financial data, it can be political data uh, obviously the whole host of uh, things where you're geographically located how often you move they use your data off your phone to track where you go to um, even though I have the on this thing right now for this uh, podcast I have all my internet settings turned off and my location there's even a location button that says I know it's tracking my location even though I don't ever go very far from my house uh, or apartment, why I lie? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's it, you know. But I have a pattern or a routine just like all the rest of you. Uh, there are certain people that have patterns. They go on vacation the same time every year. They go visit the same stores. They go visit the, and they, they've gathered all this data on you. They've been analyzing and dissecting us, they dissect our online behavior. What words we use, when we use them, how often do we use it, what's the level of our education based upon the level of our discourse. Uh, I'm sure they've also done that with our memes and everything else. How you uh, speak, how you talk, um, whether you can coherently form an argument, stuff like that, all kinds of things. Uh, The NSA monitors every call that you make outside of this country. Probably every call you make inside this country. Um, So this has been an intelligence project that the world order, the certain aspects of, whether it be out of Washington, D.C., or the Five Eyes Project, or the Chinese Communist Party, Russia, you name it. Every major uh, entity, major uh, country has an intelligence gathering uh, facility. And they work with other cur- uh, countries to coordinate these together. And we have people that work in these uh, people that we know. Some of us are even married to. Some of us even know them from being brothers and sisters who work in these situations. And, of course, they keep their network rather tight. I mean, you're either inside this network or you're outside this network. And uh, I guess never, never the twain shall meet. Now, many of them will tell you, oh, you, uh, you've you been reading too many spy novels, or there's just, uh, there's just uh, 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 there's not enough coordination for any of us to do these things. But you'd be surprised, especially when you have uh, high-level uh, NGOs and corporate entities who have decided that they've gathered all this information, and they've twisted their analysis or certainly twisted their uh their conclusions to fit their preconceived conceived notions because they like anything else if they don't get the answer they want they'll just uh, dismiss the uh, information that doesn't uh provide them the answer they want because people come they talk about us having biases the common folk but <laughs> let's be real here <laughs> the people that are involved in this and certainly the people that fund it and uh, design it, coordinate it, sit around at conferences, go on junkets across the world, show up at conferences, do this kind of stuff. All of them have a have a bias about you. They feel that you're not worthy of their, their, their part of a class. They don't feel that you're worthy enough of a person, a specimen. I mean they might not call you a specimen they might not call you a lab rat but I guarantee the higher higher higher-end scientists do they don't look at you as particularly useful they see you as just you know a common human that bleeds real quick and can die Um, they look at you as a maybe even entertaining you know especially the ones that are of certain abilities Uh, they find oh wow They're good at music, or they're good at uh, dunking a basketball, or they're good at uh, remembering or memorizing lines from an old piece of uh, writing. They find that unique. They'll even put that on TV, make money off of it, maybe even study it a little bit. But overall, they don't particularly deem most of us useful. Um... Certainly not enough to where they want us to have any free will. Certainly not enough to make a, because they don't believe that we should have free will. They believe that there is a, there is an order. There is a, you know, you can call it Darwinian pecking order or whatever the case may be. But they certainly see you as, uh, like I said, less than them. You didn't grow up with the right. Uh, clicks or in these right clicks the right bona fides Uh, yeah you may have pissed them off (laughs) you could have grown up with them true story Um, and I've mentioned this before online but I don't think I have in any podcast but I'll mention it now so I went to school with uh, a gal who actually was our uh, valedictorian Name is uh, Jamie Morris, so she works for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and uh, she is uh, the chief financial officer for uh, two of his divisions. One of them is in global health, or um, maybe it's global development, and then there's another division she's a part of. But I graduated with her. I uh, <clears throat> I was in classes with her we took calculus together or pre-calc or however you want to call it we took those courses together took advanced English I knew her for well I think she moved to Lowell Indiana I think when I was like 13 or 14 so I think she got there just as we got into high school she was around the last two years for certain maybe the whole four years but she was well to do she was from a upper class family I mean her her, uh, her father was in Japan, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, she had a very globalist mindset then. She wrote her senior thesis on uh, the European Common Market. Certainly, uh, she was tied to the idea of how it was put together and that kind of thing. I didn't read her thesis, but I do remember that being the topic of it. But yeah, I knew her fairly well. At one point, we were supposed to actually go to prom together. <laughs> uh, that fell through. I mean, I didn't go with her. I didn't go to any. I didn't go to any any high school dances, sans like two minor dances or whatever. And she wasn't a bad-looking gal. She played tennis. I played baseball. I'm mentioning all this because it's not super pertinent. But what I'm saying is, so this person, she's. ...been attached to the Gates Foundation... uh, ...now for 13 years... ...at least... Uh, ...before that she worked at... uh, ...she worked at uh, J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs... ...she left Goldman Sachs I think in... uh, ...was it March of 2008... ...took a little hiatus... ...and then came back and decided to work for the... ...the mothership of NGOs... uh, ...the Gates Foundation... ...so... ...anyways... And she went to Duke, went to Notre Dame. So I know her whole, basically, her, her CV. I, I recognize that she is, uh, I mean, we haven't, the funny thing is, I, we were Facebook friends up till about 2013 or so. I mean, when I say up till then, I mean, that was the last time I had any posting or we commented directly to each other on Facebook. I got off Facebook in mid-2017, so, and I was already, I mean, I was never a big user. I think the biggest I was ever a user was in the late 2000s, so that was a long time ago. But what I'm getting at here is that, yeah, so I i have some uh, relative aspect of knowing somebody who's connected to this, this uh, machine. Uh, though she does have a low profile on on online, she's been attached to a few like conferences of of some sort. But you know, she's in the background. You don't get to be a CFO of a division of the Gates Foundation, which runs about. Let's just say this: they have about I think we're upwards of I think it's upwards of fifty billion dollars in assets, and on a yearly basis they send out grant funding around three billion, about the same amount as they take in or took took in from uh, Warren Buffett. so he did that for about 12 or 13 years. He gave him over 30 billion dollars pretty much uh, you know quite inter- in- in- interesting when you start looking at the amount of money that's uh, gone through this particular entity. Now that's not a here's the thing to put it in perspective it's uh it's about the third of the size of the cdc so the cdc gets about seven billion dollars a year maybe it's now eight or nine billion but it was seven billion as of 2020. so we're talking about a about a 40 percent of that three billion is three-sevenths of that so it's 42 percent uh if my map if my math is right so we got some dip <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't know how to change gears. So, going back to the thing here is so these people, people like her, people like Gates, of course, these are just, you know, these are actually uh, amongst thousands of people that do this around the world. So, every country's got a certain percentage of these people. Uh, the US has a lot of them in DC. Uh, But every country, like China, has a substantial portion that are like this. Um, Every, like Denmark has them. Uh, South America, Brazil, Colombia. There's just these people. When you call them, I can call them any name you want. You can call them globalist elite. You can call them, you know, whatever you want to label them. Marxist, um, fascist. A little bit of everything. They're certainly all going towards totalitarianism, and I guess now I, the thing is I'm getting at here is with this conversation is that uh, we're facing a Manhattan Project level problem, and I, I, I matter of fact, uh, between my watching of war uh, movies. <clears throat> the world at war, uh, and then some uh, docu and I, I pulled back up, uh, uh, old, uh, show, well, it's not really old, it's about 2014, 2015, called Manhattan, it was on, uh, WG, it was actually specifically on WGN, and so it, it's not a, you know, hard math or anything like that, it's a drama about, you know, the, the the confines of working on the Manhattan Project and competing ideas and egos and uh, intrigue and spying. Because we did actually have spies, by the way, back then. People saying it was a race to see who could develop. Um, <laughs> well, as they put in this uh, this uh, telling, you know, the, the bomb or the gadget was supposed to be uh, able, you know, if, if we can stop the war, then this will end all future wars. Now, we didn't do any of that. We know that. We haven't been very scared of the, the bomb or nuclear, uh, but that's why we have different types of war. See, this war, since the elite have run out, they've run out of places to take war directly out of country. So Russia and Ukraine... I mean there's always been skirmishes around the world it's just a way for arms manufacturers to test out their toys uh, put restraints on countries who do those things Um, so you know have a way to say oh yeah you can use this but if you ever use this against us obviously you won't be getting any more arms that's because the United States and for most of the Cold War area. It was the U.S. and the U.S.S.R. who were funding certain countries, giving them military equipment, and then that was how you got all the proxy wars. And of course, the U.S. was busy, or the CIA was busy working on regime changes whenever they felt like it. Uh, Russians were involved in that kind of stuff, too, up through 1991 until they fell to pieces. So now the U.S., Is about to fall to pieces. Much like, uh, but the difference is we are a much, we are probably in a much worse shape than the former USSR because we were always supposed to be the good guys. We're the baddies now, (laughs) as the meme is. Are we the baddies? Yes, we are. We are the baddies. Not the people. Don't get me wrong there's lots of great people wonderful people in this country just like there's always (laughs) lots of good people common folk that make the country work you know do the hard labor do the (laughs) do the plumbing (laughs) run the power cables make the water work plant the food you know make sure the trains run on time uh, build roads do the things that none of these globalists have ever done personally they think because they control capital which is of course the only thing (laughs) they're they love to control capital they love to do this now this is where people will get into a pissing argument about capitalism and communism see the, the thing is here is free enterprise is what the answer should be um people who uh park themselves close to the money printer or have the capability to withhold and steer funds one way or another and this has been talked on by lots of people i find it very engaging now that anthony sutton uh, I, a guy i was vaguely familiar with you know 10 or 20 years ago now I'm much more familiar with that isn't to say everything he's ever written was great <laughs> it's just the thing is is the thing is uh, <laughs> when we look at people's writings we have to think of all the the things we can have learned we learned from them based upon their writings and uh, is it overall positive or enlightening or insightful it's not about you know, all their writings being wonderful and their thesis is always being great or correct or fully fleshed out, you know. Uh, but he did substantial work. He's one name I can, I'll put a plug in for. He's gone. He's been gone for a long time. He would have a field day with the stuff that's going on now. I mean, he <laughs> he probably couldn't write fast enough to get this down on tape, uh, on, on print. <clears throat> Not that he... Not that he wouldn't be called a conspiracy theorist and uh, called uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But, uh, you know, we've always had that problem. We've had a lot of people uh, try to demonize folks that don't agree with them. And, of course, you got to make you out to be a five-alarm nutter to uh, to control the masses. Because, as I've written, uh, there's a, a one I wrote recently talking about the the normal distribution of the way people are and that goes for intelligence it goes for motivations and it goes for malevolence malevolence could be turned into uh the dark triad the machiavellianism the narcissism and uh, <clears throat> that that whole cadre of bad juju i was reading about that today uh took a little uh, Walked down that <laughs> dark triad lane, and it was tied to uh, Rob Henderson's uh, little uh, article. He was discussing or fleshing out how uh, victim victim mentality, or um, what would you say, this whole this whole uh, <clears throat> looking to become or using uh, using tactics to garner uh, more uh, resources. Used He he led off his article with a baboon story. It was a young baboon. uh, It was a a young male who saw a a female, uh, adult female. She was digging something out of the ground or whatever and was accessing food, resource. And so the young male started squawking and his mother... Who was higher up in the baboon food chain came over and chased off the other female and then after the, while those two were interacting with each other he went and snatched the the object of his uh, desire and that's what many people are doing nowadays so people do lie people do cheat people do uh, scream loudly that they're the victim doesn't mean victimhood doesn't exist but it's really bad when you start seeing it come when uh, all these corporations, major corporations, as soon as there's any pushback, they all of a sudden come up with this victim narrative. Oh, we've been receiving threats and this and that and the other thing. I'm sure there's probably some validity, but I have a hard time believing that these people actually feel because of the, the, the social engineering that they're pushing down people's throat. The same way with the Biden administration with the whole half the country is just you guys are just extremists and you're you know scumbags (laughs) that's what he wants to say or calls us deplorables or whatnot so going really into the idea of this manhattan project that we're up against we are at the precipice of the most different The most difficult time or the most difficult task in human history. I believe that. So, uh, I'll, I'll lay out why. So, I have long thought, at least over the last couple years, that the U.S. people, in order to get back their country, were going to have to defeat the United States government. And... We're going to have to defeat the Chinese Communist Party. We're going to have to do it without leadership. Which makes it nay impossible. We have lots of people that are idiots. That are going to get in the way. Lots of people who perceive themselves as victims. Who don't value this country. Who have swallowed every bit of propaganda they've ever been sold. And, you know... Here's some truth, you know. Yeah, as I've mentioned, our agency class is pure evil. Uh, They have hid things from us constantly. That's why they're using the the secrecy of documents. I got into a person today about this online because they were having a shit fit about, you know, why people are making, you know, defending Trump. See, as I wrote uh fairly recently I said it's not about whether Trump can be guilty or not. That's that is a question uh, of anything but this it's not that. It's that the our government and the media, which their control they control the media, they need him to be need him to be guilty so that they can uh, reestablish that they are the they are the truth sayers. They're the people that are truly, you know, legit. They're trying to reestablish their control, their bona fides, their authority over you, their moral authority. See, they know that the people are distrustful of the media completely now, and they're losing faith. A lot of us, and they're starting to see that they're losing uh, the faith in the Je- Department of Justice. Uh, the FBI, the military, all the institutions. But here's the catch: um, in some respects, they want this to happen. They want it to happen. They want this to go forward. They don't care. They—they've already infiltrated the institutions. The thing is, is like once the infiltrate uh, infiltrators have power, then they, like anything else, because that's been their goal. Then it's like, then what? What do we want to do? They wanted to destruct things. So they want to get rid of the Constitution. They don't want that. Constitution to them is bunk. Uh, to use the old Henry Ford expression who hated well, quite, a, quite a few people in the world. But he was, again, a super billionaire. Um, and he worked with the other side. And he worked with the Germans. So, yeah. There's all kinds of... Uh, Stories that we probably haven't fleshed out completely, and this doesn't matter whether you're. The thing is, is so many people will only tell half the story if it, it supports their political affiliation. I've very been very much a non-political person. I really have in my life. It's only been recently. Like I said, you know, I don't even really look at Trump as being the person that has to be the person in charge but I certainly know that he was hijacked from the word jump that goes without saying when someone is hijacked from the first uh, from their from their exit from the before they even started the oath before they even got into office they were just the president-elect I mean this has happened before too but with him it really was a concerted effort You know, to get him labeled. Irrespective of the... And this was just all retaliatory. Bitter, sour grapes. But it was also, I think, a very smart plan. Because they said, what better... After a while, what better way to make this go forward than to have him as a fall guy? Because, you know, after he got out of the climate accords and kind of uh, short-circuited their planning. That just meant that they had to come up with a better way to get where they wanted. The pandemic was that way. The pandemic was 20% virus, 80% propaganda, and 100% vaccine, which sadly he signed off on. But, as I've even worked out and thought, "This, this, this I don't know. This is just You could say setting up a straw man or however you want to call it. Um, I think that if he would have said, I'm not going to fund this. I don't think we need a vaccine. They would have found out. They would have said, well, that's an impeachable offense. They would have created something. They would have. When I say they, the Congress, the the agencies, the media would have, all the liberals who wanted a vaccine. The funny thing was, is they didn't want the vaccine from Trump. But as soon as they got in power, then the vaccines were okay. I mean, seriously, they pushed it hard. I saw the people on TV, the way they demonized people who didn't want to take a vaccine, the way they labeled you, the way they harassed people, the way they made it an ultimatum for your job. This push to take in some... I mean, that's why many fell fell victim to this. They were pushed. They were pushed hard to do this. The, only, the, the 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 damnable thing for Trump was that he didn't uh, he never said, "Well, maybe this doesn't work. Maybe I uh, bit off more than I can chew, and I shouldn't have involved myself in this." He couldn't admit wrongdoing because you know <sighs> some people just don't have the the stones inside. It's not when you say wrongdoing; they can't admit that they they could have actually been duped and suckered. Or say, you know, hey, like I said, I don't think he's substantially, uh, you know, a totally moral human being. But he's the most investigated president. And they've gone after him every way they can. The Chuck Schumer six ways to Sunday. And the intelligence community has deemed him unworthy of... They've deemed him unworthy of breath, is what they really... Don't, don't be kidded. If they could have uh, JFK'd him, they would have. Because that's the way they do things. That's who they are. Now, they've gotten more sophisticated. But at the end of the day, they're just thugs. And many people, I mean, that's the way they, 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 they see that as actually being, uh, which is a, a interesting solution to a problem. Is to use the legal, legal uh, uh, realm, lawfare to uh, do this. That's part of the fifth generation war. Definitely one of the biggest uh, weapons they have, because they know people were trained and were uh, conditioned to respect the law, or certainly respect the, the judgments of juries. Not to, not even acknowledging the fact that juries can be rigged and. Uh, judges can be bought, and prosecutors can withhold evidence, and uh, defender, public defenders, or uh, your own attorney can sell you out. It turns out, or sounds like, uh, Trump's own legal team uh, <laughs> decided to uh, turn state's evidence on him, which is a whole other different matter and concept when you think about it. I mean, people say, "Oh, you picked poor attorneys." Yeah. I think what the problem is is sometimes he he lets somebody talk a very good game to him, develop some kind of likability with him, and then is willing. I mean, be careful who's approaching you. You know, <laughs> why are they approaching you? They must want something. Um, they want something from you. They want you to, you know, provide them with uh, <laughs> obviously money, but they're. You have to be very careful about vetting people. Take it from somebody who hasn't really kept a lot of people around in his life. And people say, well, that means something's wrong with you. Well, no, it just means that a long time ago, I, you know, I got burnt really bad. And I decided that for the most part, I wasn't going to make myself uh, that open. Uh, I'm I'm an open book, but I'm not... uh, I'm not a person that wants to entertain just entryism into my life just because, you know, you just happen to smile, a smile. If it's a woman, you smile nice at me. Or if you're a guy because you're just looking for a buddy. Now, I have made friends and stuff like that, you know, through activities and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's like most of us, actually. Um, I mean, if you can, right now, can you think of five people off the top of your. Uh, head that you would uh, aside from family that you would contact with uh, about anything that you would uh, sorry that you would uh, <clears throat> call at three o'clock to help you out bail you out of jail or whatever you know whatever whatever is the scenario for example do you know five people right now that would be on board? Uh, With you um, in fighting this uh, problem that we're facing as a nation or country, however you want to put that. Um, And no, would they be on your side 100%? You'll find that that, that, that that list of people is very few and probably a lot less than five. You might not even have but one, if that. Because many people, you know, trust has dropped considerably in our society. Um, the this last uh, seven years has caused a lot of that, and that's what was supposed. To, that was by design. That it was be not just the last seven years, but the last I'd say since 2008. This is by design. It was a um, it was a long process that they that the people who have very little empathy or no empathy for any of us we willing to go and do. I remember uh, listening to a uh, podcast with uh, actually somebody who, you know, likes uh, uh, likes our uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, Dave Rubin. But he, and he had Vivek Ramaswamy on. And um, Ramaswamy laid it out. He said that this whole ES&G and he said there was a there was this uh, relationship that got built up between capital and these uh, they decided to make a cut a, a deal with uh, the wokesters and started funding this. And um, that's what's where that's where we're at right now, really, is that. Uh, yeah, they 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 don't. You know, we always used to say go woke, go broke. Actually, that's part of the deal is they want to go broke, but they're going to drive everybody. Every brand, everything's going to get driven into the ground. This is tied to a couple of uh, new uh, pieces of information. I collect people's thoughts and try to incorporate them into my own. So the idea was, uh, Brandon Smith, he wrote this article, and there was a guy who did a, a quick summary of this, and it was very true. Uh, the many many of the people that run these corporations are uh many generations removed from the founders so they don't really have any investment in the corporation they're they're going to get paid well no matter what we don't even know if they don't have uh short positions in these companies to where it actually benefits them to to drive their brand into the ground on purpose because the thing that'll hurt the most obviously and the uh, both these uh uh, gentleman laid it out was that it's going to hurt us, the, the common folk. Who you know is like a like the guy example, a delivery driver for Budweiser, or uh, you know somebody works at a, a warehouse, stocks cases and does all that other stuff. They're the people that get hurt in the end, and they don't have anything. To, they don't have any. They don't have any connection to the marketing of the brand. Or making the decisions. The people at the top that are making the decisions. They know what they're doing. They know exactly why they're doing it. They're not all stupid. <laughs> even even the most wokeity woke person. Uh, likes money. So they're obviously positioned in a way. So that even if, they, even if they lose the money in the short term. In the long term. They've been told that they'll benefit. Um, whether that actually comes... St- through for them is a whole other different story, but nevertheless, they've been uh, they've been uh, uh, made to made to think that it's in their best interest to uh, drive these companies into the ground, which of course is going to cause an economic collapse when people can't start paying their jobs or paying for their houses and food and, and with the inflation and everything else. So, first, they got rid of the small businesses in 2020, 21. Uh, then they turned on, uh, obviously, all the racism and uh, whack, uh, create wacky uh, transgenderism and, and uh, butchering of kids. They've gone after your kids. They've been going after your kids, actually, this whole time. Uh, you know, since the pandemic, they went after kids. Because they got a bunch of retarded teachers who were willing to, you know, they have no values. I'm sorry, I just don't really, I don't know, and I'm not trying to be offensive to teachers, all of them. But the vast majority who are attached to unions sold out the country in 2020 because they hated Trump. (laughs) And most teachers are women, about 75 to 80 percent. And the rest are soft males who you don't see a lot of uh, you don't see a lot of males with uh, what would you say that uh, present themselves as uh, strong role models in teaching that just aren't you know what they what's the old phrase those who those who can do those who can't teach <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can say that about government too and uh, those who those who can uh, create small businesses those who can't go work for the government and and, uh, uh, take taxes from small businesses. (laughs) Something along that lines. So yeah. The the Manhattan Project is having to defeat two of the most powerful entities. And it's not just us. This goes for the entire world. We got a lot of governments. Not just those Two particular ones, but uh, we have about, you know, if I had a ballpark, it we got about what, about six to seven billion people that aren't attached to the military, who aren't attached to, um, let's just say certain aspects of uh, operations of governments. so about twelve to fifteen percent world populations either in government or uh, attached if if, if the United States or the CCP are represented so in the United States there's about 20 to 30 million uh, government workers state and federal I'm not saying all bad they're all bad people I'm not I really am I'm I'm not but the problem is is so many of them are so uh, caught in this following of orders Word sacrifice is just empty to most people. They they don't think that sacrificing for this country that they have uh, um, taken great pleasure and had a longevity of of uh, uh, especially old people. You've had multiple generations of peace and prosperity, and I'm not saying you didn't give anything. I'm saying if you care anything about kids, you should be out there adamantly against this. Like I said, I'm not saying that there aren't that many, but there are There's still substantial amounts of propagandized and delusion, delusional folks that you couldn't have a conversation with and weren't, wouldn't be willing to uh, concede that uh, the powers at the top of this food chain are doing very dangerous things of course because they want to. They don't think that they can be challenged. They don't think that they'll lose. I mean, that's why they keep on going ahead. They don't care about you protesting on the weekend by the way. You can you can stick a million people in probably even near Washington DC, but if you just do it on the weekend, they don't care. <laughs> I'm not. uh, There's gonna have to be. There's gonna be have to become a moment. I don't know what that moment is. I don't know what it what it takes for, uh, you know. I've had this conversation online with other people, and they just say, "Well, that that's just not what we do. This isn't about your ideology. This isn't about being political." This is about your country and whether or not you care. Yeah, not only this country, but honestly, all 194 that are on the Who's uh, targeted list to uh, be at the at the beck and call of a of a Tedros, uh, whatever Amagamra or whatever his name is, uh, that you know could declare a pandemic and lock everybody down and and destroy economies. and and then they'll roll out the vaccine passport that's attached to the CBDC and uh, everybody will have a very, I guess, you'll have a very communist existence for the rest of your your life. And once they get this installed and they have all the the Milgram order of followers in place, which they already do because that's why they add it. That's why I have all these, you know, not only governments but like, school administrators and all these, I call them apparatchiks anymore, they're just, they, they, they are drones, they're just mindless fools that take up space, push papers, uh, reject, <laughs> reject and accept whatever they want to reject and accept, um, bureaucrats, just, you know, everything the Soviet Union was, <laughs> they, that's what's getting reintroduced. Through the They call it the China model. Chinese, you know, they have most of their, uh, you know, they have their peasants under lock and key. Didn't realize that there's about 85, uh, I mean, supposedly, well, at least some statistics have it at, they have about 85 million uh, illiterate Chinese. So think about that. They're illiterate and they can't, you know, but you can guarantee they're getting their asses worked off. Basically, in a large prison camp, the whole country is a prison camp. Um, people don't <laughs> people don't move there, except for dumbass Americans who go over there to, you know, peddle their wares and become beholden to the Chinese Communist Party until they figure out whatever it is that you have. They don't, I mean, say you're in a technology type business. As soon as they figure out how to replicate what you have, they'll just they'll just build a clone of your manufacturing system and they'll get rid of you. So many stupid people who think that uh, you can work with communists. Communists always lie. That's there. There's that's, there's the Machiavellianism that comes through. You know, they're always manipulating and contorting things. You know, the world and people say, well, well, then maybe we shouldn't be so competitive. Maybe maybe we should eliminate competition. No no no, that isn't the point. You have to be smart enough not to do business with people who you do not trust and do not, who are not honest with you. That's why values are important. That's why having good va- good values based in ethics and honesty in dealing with people. It's why people don't. That's why honestly, that's part and partial to some of the reasons why. Uh, there are people that have a, have a uh, um, dislike or certainly have uh, their druthers that they would prefer not to deal with uh, homosexuals, for example, <laughs> or bi people. It's because it, it, there's a certain amount of duplicity with that. Not always, but here's the thing. You can be compromised based upon that, that identity, and it's been done throughout history. People don't forget that. People read lots of books. They know about that. That's why maybe there's a, there's a lot of antagonism about anybody that this uh, <laughs> that that is of that particular persuasion. By the way, you know, as far as their sexuality, um, they get very uh, tense about that. Well, because they've read books too, <laughs> and they know that that uh, if they've read any historical accounts, and they may not did they may they may consider them bunk or disagree with them, but it's true. It's a it's a methodology to uh, subvert, and it's a methodology to control someone. Sex, money, uh, scandal—those things all work. People know this. It's not a—it's not a hidden secret. The problem is there's too many dupable people out here that just think, "Oh, you know, I don't. Believe, I think I like to think of the good in people." That's fine. Uh, I start from a dif- different uh, p- uh, starting point, and I have for a long time. I, I look at every person as they are potentially a problem or an issue. Or uh, I'm not saying they're bad people. I just start with a very neutral or a very skeptical point of, point of view. They have to prove that they aren't uh, um, hurtful or rather they aren't, uh, they aren't somebody who's of that ilk. And that doesn't mean I'm going to get it 100% right. They'll say that's a horrible way to live. That you don't want to see the good in people. No, but here's the thing: we don't live in times where you can you can be so uh, so casual about it. We're not living in good times. There's a, there's part part and parcel, but you know the phrase you know I know uh, you know bad times create strong men, you know <laughs> strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak time to- weak men create. Hard times. So there's a cycle and we've been going through the cycle over and over and over again. It's about four generations, about eighty years. And yeah. Every time we go through this cycle there's a there's something that snaps. Um, and it's the same people by the way at the top of this food chain. It's generational. The same, you know, there's a reason why, you know, Gates is very comparable to Rockefeller. <laughs> uh he draws a lot of uh inspiration from one guy named david rockefeller <laughs> uh you know think about the soros and the the people that are connected to back to the german uh the reich i mean let's face it there's a lot of bad people in the world that are just over a course of time they build up enough assets they build up enough power they build up the base of minions that they can send out and do, do their bidding for them. And yeah, they they these are guys. These people are masters of persuasion. They're masters of language, how to present their ideas. Say, I'm not that good. I know. I know that. I'm saying this for. See, I'm all over the place. See, they can succinctly because they they practice it. I think seriously. They. Uh, they practice the art, in I think, in the mirror. They practice their speeches. As a matter of fact, one of the key aspects, I guess, of giving good presentations is you're supposed to practice a speech, you know, who knows, three, four, five times uh, to it's just, like, by memory. You know, maybe more than that, I don't know. Depends upon what the presentation is. So, say a 30-minute presentation, you know, to where it's just smooth as silk. I've never been, <laughs> I'm lucky if I do one dry run on anything. Um, I'm just using that as an example. But, uh, yeah, these people are very practice. They practice, uh, and, of course, you know, when you uh, after a while, though, because of the way they think and the way they do things, there's only a few settings, and <laughs> I call a few settings. Uh, they, they, they just toggle to their typical spiel. I mean, if you if you listen to one Klaus Schwab speech, you've listened to them all because they all sound the same. <laughs> they, they they hit the keywords, you know, equity and new. We must rebuild. We we have a great moment for transformation. This is the great reset, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> I can't do Klaus Schwab. I'm not going to pretend that you would eat and see bugs. <laughs> I I have to laugh because I couldn't believe that this shit would even come to pass in my lifetime. But, yeah, I'm sure the people who uh, uh, saw the rise of, you know, whether it be Stalin or Hitler or Tojo or Pol Pot or any of the other uh, mass totalitarians and people argue about those, too, by the way, there's a lot of other bad folks in the in the group there. So I'm coming up on an hour here, and I guess I'll leave it here at the 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 end. Um, so yes, we we are facing the Manhattan Project without the greatest minds. I think on our side, maybe we do have them. I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating that. You know, do we have the greatest spiritual leaders, and do we have the people that are? That are capable to rise to the occasion? Will new leaders form out of this that will somehow manage to uh, get us out of this catastrophe? Is there a way for us to communicate and coordinate? Because I thought of that too. It's like we needed some kind of, you know, there's a scene, I'm sure all of you are aware of it, I ended on this from independence day where you got the entire world population that used to be really at each other's throats and somehow when aliens attack of course when we just heard about aliens recently they managed to come up with they once they figured out some things they came up with a massive counter-strike once they knew what they could do once they came up with a one you know the, the they had to shut down their defense systems and then they had their fighters and then they Hooked them up with the, the bombs. And uh, they, they were communicating by across the world by shortwave at that one point. All this other stuff. Morse code. And we were talking about that today. A couple of us on Twitter. Uh, a couple um, gals that are that are in this fight. Um, and we were talking about coming up with a new coding system. Or <laughs> we just kicking it around. I came up... or I... Uh, a shout out to, she won't probably hear this, but she could, um, uh, Linda, and, uh, she was, uh, I just, I called it the Linda code, and she only knew how hard that is, cause, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my aunt's name was Linda, that, um, uh, I had most of my, uh, well, I haven't, I haven't seen her since my mom's, uh, funeral, and, uh, Yeah, we we just never got along, but uh, yeah, and I think Linda in Spanish is beautiful, if I'm mistaken, or pretty, or yeah, that tells you where my Spanish is, it's uh, nada. (laughs) Yes, so we're going to have to figure out how to communicate, get everybody on the same page, and somehow (laughs) over, uh, somehow defeat this. Because they are going to tear this world down, and we're all going to have to come up with ways. And I know there's people, there's people in the alternative community that think, well, we just set up our own little, uh, little small localities, and, and that that's a good idea. I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking it. You know, where we create the barter and the trade and do all this other kind of stuff. But these people aren't going to leave you alone. It's amazing. You can be out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. Minding your own business, you could just be standing in the field. If another human being comes by, first they have to be curious, and then if you, if for whatever reason something about you does just makes you a threat to them, just your existence, just you being free, they'll come after you. It goes without saying, if you're if you're an immovable object, just to say you know. For whatever reason, you're you're stationary in some spot, or you decided to just go ahead and build build land. Of course, God forbid you do that now, but uh, think about it. if you just decided to, you know, you see abandoned field. It's now nowhere near anything. My there's no farm. There's no regulated roads. You had to do do all that work to get just get it to uh, operable so that you could uh, build something. I guarantee if you build something there, someone will come and try to take it away from you. Just the white people are in this scenario. It's like people can't leave other people alone. They can't uh, leave you to, uh, you know, if you find success, if you find some spot of this world that is uh, virginal, or close to it, or somebody will come along and say you're taking from somebody else. That's that was part of the the Machiavellianism of uh, that uh, was discussed in this um, um, piece by Rob, Rob Henderson. Um, you know the victimhood, victim mentality, the willingness to cheat and steal from others uh, by you know positioning yourself as the victim or the the, the needy. Um, it's really a kind of a twisted sense of entitlement, you know, the whole, the whole deal with the dark triad. But uh, yeah, if you set yourself up to be, um, totally away from something, totally not not in wanting to be in contact with anybody, and I've written about this. Sure as sure as fire, there'll be somebody who thinks their authority wears a badge, or. Finds that your your existence is a bother to them, and it wasn't. It wasn't uh, an hour ago, a week ago, six months ago. But when they see you're there, and if they say, "Wow, you got something good," and let me take that from you, they'll come and do it. So I don't. I'm not really all all into the theory of uh, the localities. And I'm not saying I want to go back to. I'm not saying that I want to go, I, I want to, you know, I'm not harkening back to the 1950s, though. There were a lot better times, and there were some things, 50s and 60s. Um, but there's always been, you know, some people hate it because it wasn't the golden age, because, yes, there was still a rights problem in the United States, agreed. Um, but what I'm getting at is that... Uh, um, we're going. Uh, I believe in the the ability of uh, put, uh, people setting down their weapons, but we're going to have to fight our way out of this. Uh, there's no one coming to save you. There's no one coming to save you, and um, so we're going to have to figure out a way to save ourselves. And we're going to have to take on the 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 most complex problem. The most complex war that we've ever faced in our entire existence and um, I guess I'll leave it there for now so thank you very much for listening and God bless the United States of America and God save the world